0: The Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Before we start, I'd like to thank all of our current patrons for helping to support the collective. Obscura, a true crime podcast. Cara D'Amizio. Brandon Sheck-Snyder. John. Strictly Homicide po- podcast. Jules a murderific podcast, and Landshark. Thank you guys so much for your support and help helping keep this going. And thank you to all the listeners. I know you support through listening. And it, some of us can't always support monetarily, but patrons know it's much appreciated. And there, I think, will be double podcast episodes this month as I catch up and maybe work on getting some additional surprises in there welcome back collective this week we're joined by the wonderful vanessa from i'm gonna butcher it you have it's so long it's not another x files podcast and on skype it says podcast podcast there are two podcasts in
1: the title (laughs) yes just to confuse you
0: i mean you can we'll just have a club of podcast names that confuse listeners cool because mine
1: does does it
0: uh no one knows what it's about the new logo helped a lot (laughs) because isn't
1: cult of like, domesticity that's like a phrase right like that's a thing
0: yeah yeah and it's it's like a challenge on this idea that you have to be like this domestic person and yeah like, oh i'm going to be a 1950s housewife or an 1840s womanly ideal it's like yeah i might stay in my house and bake cookies but i'm also <laughs> gonna do it with like murder like id channel on or like listening to this in-depth discussion of British politics. There you go. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. you're just sitting there like, I'm just going to have like classical music
1: on, which there's <laughs> nothing
0: wrong with that. But, you know, that royalty free classical music.
1: But you, you don't have to do that.
0: You don't have to do yes. that. And you can learn things and open your horizons.
1: Well, that was a really good way to open your podcast because now whoever's listening knows exactly what's what your podcast is about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it'll stop the uh, reviews that are like your podcast and your like topics make no sense. And I'm like, thank you. I like I things.
1: think <laughs> thanks very much for that. I think that your <laughs> t- like podcast name actually opens up endless possibilities for things to talk about. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm yes. here for it, and I've listened to your <laughs> podcast, and it's it's fun. I really like. Uh, Well, we were talking before we started recording about how you Mm. sometimes cover kind of depressing things, but like, you got to have room for that in life. And it's Mm -hmm. also a lot of the topics you cover are really interesting. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: I like the interestingly depressing, but your (laughs) podcast covers a whole different thing. You cover the X-Files, which I've never seen. I feel like that's my nerdiness nerdiness card needs to be taken away for that. But
1: you know what? Nerddom is so huge that I don't know how we expect to be able to see everything. I have this friend group of nerds who I love dearly, but it's this thing of like, so many of them have seen so many things. And I'm like, when do you do that? Like... I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. Do you just
0: read the summaries? Like, yeah, right? And like, yeah, I've totally watched this.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. So,
0: tell everyone what they can expect if they tune into an episode. Okay, of your podcast. So,
1: my co-host Carolyn and I have watched the. We watched the X Files when we were younger. We didn't know each other when we were younger, but um, <laughs> I just realized it kind of sounded like that. But we watched it separately when we were younger, and we're big fans. And um. Long story short, we watch an episode and then we talk about it. And so we're on season eight now. And we started from season one. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long road. And there are... Let's see. There's nine seasons. And then there's two movies. And then there are two seasons that came out in 2016 and 2017. Though I could be wrong about that second date. And so yeah. we've done one movie, seven seasons and those two newer seasons that I mentioned. So we still have one more movie and two more seasons to do.
0: And then you'll have to figure <laughs> out something else to talk about the X-Files for.
1: Yeah. I mean, we don't know what we're going to do when we're done. We'll see.
0: That's always crazy. Whenever I
1: see people doing like show podcasts, I'm like, what do you do when it's done? I know. I don't know. I, um, I do other podcasting too, though. Um, like I have a podcast that I work on a team with uh, about multi-potentiality which is basically uh, the idea that, uh, well, I think a lot of people can say this about themselves, but multi-potentialites sort of don't have just one path in life, whether it's interests okay. or careers or whatever. Um, we have a lot of different interests and it's this I this sort of navigating how to <laughs> deal with all of them at once and that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, I work on a podcast about that as well. So you know
0: yeah. like podcasting, you know, in your life. Just it's it's a hobby. Well you I actually
1: have, have a business helping people make podcasts too.
0: <laughs> which is awesome. I'm so jealous. I always think about that it's if this hard, history though. thing.
1: Like having your own business is not easy.
0: So I'm going to go first. Yes. Because I have the downer topic, aka true crime this
1: week. <laughs> and I have no idea what you're talking about, so this is gonna be interesting.
0: <laughs> yes. So, have you ever heard of Alton Coleman or Deborah Brown?
1: I mean, Deborah Brown is a very (laughs) boring name. So, I feel like I've probably heard that name before, but I don't know who that is. And the other person, no idea.
0: Nope. Okay, so I'm pulling a lot of this from uh, Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown, Odyssey of Mayhem. It's by Mark Gribben of the True Crime Library. He just did such a good job that I'm like, okay let's you know like see where this goes
1: odyssey and mayhem okay
0: such a good name yeah i'm always impressed (laughs) so it's basically think of myra henley and ian brady from the uk but in the u.s this is where this is gonna go
1: yeah i actually don't even know who that is either
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you're oh this is it's gonna be a wild ride okay we're gonna be in the mid 1970s across five states Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so we're gonna start with Alton Coleman cuz we have to get to how they get together. Okay. He was born in Waukegan, uh Illinois town, about half an hour north of Chicago, and he basically got teased a lot in school because he often peed his pants, you know. Adam
1: Sandler, only cool kids <laughs> pee his pa- pee the pants. Isn't this always how that starts? Like he was bullied and then you just know what happens after that. <laughs>
0: I. whenever people go oh it was bullying yeah a lot of people are bullied no, it's true <laughs> a lot of people don't murder
1: people yeah you're right but they often do the so, stories do seem to start that way just saying
0: some part of the mcdonald's triad mm. so he got um the nickname pissy because children and
1: that's unfortunate
0: <laughs> yeah he he they think he had some he was developmentally slow because anyone who dealt with him like family members or police officers since he was a teen said he was like slow to show emotion and he keeps to himself as he clearly doesn't have a lot of friends he's alienated he's that loner kid he does get a reputation for having a very strong sex drive oh boy but somewhat progressively for the 70s he's bisexual and he's like yeah i'll have sex with anyone anytime any place let's go
1: okay I'm like hey <laughs>
0: Um, as a friend of Coleman's mother said, quote, he knew he was different even as a young child. As he grew up, Coleman was deeply into insidious kinds of sexual gratification, unquote. So, you know, they knew something wasn't right and they're just like, "Eh, it's fine. (laughs) You know, we're just, probably it was just kind of better. They were just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That public facade.
1: Yeah. I don't think in the 70s they were doing as much, um therapy yeah and they weren't like seeing a lot of sexual things as okay because like you can i mean like the person said sexually deviant like mm-hmm. you can you know be into sexual things that might not be super mainstream and still be like an okay person depending on what you're doing so yeah it just seems like anything that was out of the norm that wasn't like missionary style was probably like not okay <laughs> i think
0: it's at this point we have like the lgbtq movement starting up yeah but it's mainly i think gay and lesbian so they're like that middle ground isn't being explored as much very it is starting to be like we see the second wave now where it is we're like why do you need to define gender what is gender it's all fluid man exactly so the police first get it into his like in his radar when he's a teenager he was picked up for breaking windows in his wakigum housing project so you know the cops are like troublemaker
1: mm-hmm. even though
0: he's a petty criminal at this point
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know but petty crime doesn't mean he's like what's hap- gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah you know a of lot course. of people get around they say what when you're younger you're more likely to be incarcerated because it's like youthful mayhem and you don't know like you have less of a stake in the game and as you get older you have more so yeah he he was really a fan of property damage, you know, like arson, mm-hmm. like another check in that McDonald triad <laughs> a little bit. Um, so he gay, like he pretty much was like they could have locked him up so many times, like all the time. They're just like, you know, he's getting arrested for arson and all this other stuff, and they're not doing it, but because you know he's a pretty, pretty good talker. He's smooth talker, smooth criminal, and he's like, oh, you know judge don't worry i won't do it again it's fine I mean, okay. it would be he's excellent in court that's okay. what i'm gonna say All He's right. excellent in court so he like he got that jury on his side he's like you know i just made a mistake i'll never do it again and they're like oh of oh, course we
1: believe you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
0: or getting them to believe that the cops have the wrong man so he keeps getting off wow he would also like, he also is a fan of voodoo hmm. to protect him from the law. And, you know, as Waukegan police, Lieutenant Mark Hansen told the uh, Detroit Free Press in 84, quote, he tells a convic- convincing story in court. People are impressed with his testimony. He comes off as a decent person, end quote. So, I mean, you could see it in the 70s and 80s. Like, he's just smooth talking to him. He's like, you know, I'm just a black man being, like, attacked by the system, and I'm just trying to, like, live my life. And they're like, you
1: know what? Yeah, you are. I didn't realize he was black.
0: Yes. both okay. of the, both. Yeah. So, both of them are black.
1: Okay. Which, like, so, normally shouldn't matter, but when you're talking about historical context and stuff, it kind of does.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Especially in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, in, like, for sure. Illinois is in, Illinois and Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he often beat the rap uh like all of his cases by witness intimidation
1: Huh. lovely
0: Mm -hmm. um mainly because his victims were normally children or younger teenagers and they didn't want to be involved with the family they like the family doesn't want him to go to jail they don't want their kids to be known for this Mm -hmm. in 83 his sister actually went to authorities and told them that her brother tried to rape her eight-year-old daughter So he's a pedophile on top of it. But only three weeks later, she had the uh, charges dropped, saying it was like, it's a misunderstanding. Sorry, child rape is not a misunderstanding.
1: Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's the judge and the cops really believe that she was terrified of him. But if they drop the charges, you can't do anything.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, you know, I love this quote from the article quote coleman's rap sheet before his midwest uh midwestern spree reads like a one-man sex crime wave end quote
1: Hmm. makes you feel good yeah great so wholesome
0: Mm -hmm. 73 he and an accomplice kidnapped robbed and raped an elderly woman and she refused to testify so they only got him two years on the robbery charge three months later um he was arrested for another rape so this is all in early 70s He's acquitted, but serves time for a lesser charge. Four years after that, he's acquitted of a rape. A year later, he's arrested for attempted rape. Dismissed. um, I see a pattern here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In July 83 was when he was charged with the rape of his niece. That's dismissed. 84, he was indicted for a knife point rape and murder in uh, Chicago of Uh, girl who is a whose mother was a friend of his so it's like a lot of acquaintance rape Mm -hmm. it seems like um as soon as he learned that he was wanted for that crime he disappears Hmm. and he starts his multi-state crime spree spree with his current girlfriend deborah brown there she is (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so they i mean really they started dating and he's not a great guy but they're going along with it um no one really knows why they went underground but like they did police said coleman had a quote intense hatred of blacks and quote friends say that's not really true their victims were mostly black and it is proven that it's normally crimes committed within the same race mm-hmm. like that like rape and all of murder and all of that so mainly because they could stay in black neighborhoods there's easier access and you know he's not going to look out of place there
1: yeah and maybe there's a little bit of like weird internal racism as well or like internalized racism Mm -hmm. somehow i don't know
0: i think it's more internalized self-hatred because he is bisexual he did have different tendencies uh he was known as a classic disorganized serial killer you know he didn't really stalk victims he just was an ease of whoever's nearby nearby um he would just grab whatever was nearby to kill or incapacitate his victims um no real ritual so he's not like a bundy he's more like a ramirez yeah um so he it pretty much seems like all because of all the rape charges he he lost any real motivation to not kill people (laughs) because he really had nothing else like Uh. He was going to get caught. So he's like, well, if I'm going to get caught for a rape, I might as well make sure, you know, there's no one to say there was a
1: rape. I guess. I mean, that's maybe Mm -hmm. some sort of logic. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So they're on the run. And at the time, Coleman's indicted on a murder charge in Wisconsin and has a federal warrant issued for his capture because he's starting to murder across (laughs) the state lines. So Mm -hmm. the FBI really isn't a fan of that. And at that point, they get to come in and get their involvement. They began their spree. June fifth, nineteen eighty four. So he had already been doing his serial raping for a decade right, at this point. Right. They rented a, an apartment in Gary, Indiana. Yes, that Gary, Indiana of Music Man fame. <laughs> and because Coleman had been wanted by the police since May first, Deborah had been interrogated about his Disappearance. They lay. Well, they pretty much like hid out in this apartment for two weeks until two young girls, Tamika Turks. And her nine-year-old aunt disappeared on their way
1: to the candy store. Her nine-year-old aunt? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I heard that right.
0: I I know. I didn't, Families I didn't look weird. into it. I was... Yeah. <laughs> so they found the nine-year-old, so her aunt, beaten and raped later that day, but Tamika is still missing. Oh. A day later, they found Tamika's... I mean, her body was just... It was awful. In a wooded area in Gary, she had been raped and strangled... And stomped.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, it was. It was not good. They determined that the older girl was um, forced to watch as the pair killed Tamika. So basically, her aunt, who you know isn't much older than her, mm-hmm. is watching her her niece get murdered. Brown h- held down Tamika, covering her face and nose and mouth, while Coleman jumped on her chest and face until her ribs fractured and punctured vital organs.
1: Ugh! My which, God.
0: It it's not a great. It's like not a painless way to die. That's no. You're suffocating, and then, I mean, just imagine you're repeatedly falling, but only on your chest until your ribs break, which doesn't feel great. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> just, there's no nice way to say this, guys. Yeah. There's no. no. no kidding. So then, the older girl was forced to have sex with both Brown and Coleman before she was beaten about her head so jeez. but she was still alive like that's the crazy thing she was still alive when they found her like later that day yeah and to this day she still suffers severe headaches and screaming fits which not shocked
1: no not, not surprised shocked. at all
0: um quote she will get to screaming and crying like someone is hitting her on the back of the head and quote said her mother mary hilliard so like you just it breaks your heart because like her mom kind of got like you kind of get your child back but it's not your child anymore. No,
1: it's a completely different person in a way.
0: And then you know like like so, like her niece is gone too and like she had to watch all that. Um yeah, they pretty much um Tamika's mother moved to Minneapolis because she just couldn't stay in Gary. Um because, you know, their whole family then was broken cuz the mom can't stay because her daughter like memories of her daughter then her like um hilliard says like well her friends like her her relative's gone her daughter's not really there anymore her niece is gone too and so um yeah it's just messed up
1: it's pretty messed up
0: on top of it the same day tamika's body was discovered donna williams who was 25 was reported missing by her parents. Her car was stolen as well. So they're not like it's a frenzied kind of disorganized um mm-hmm. chaos. Mm-hmm. So they did manage to find her car abandoned in Detroit a week later with um a forged ID card that they I think glued Brown's picture on
1: cuz it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I don't know what <laughs> how professionally done was that.
0: You know, it's not like now where like you have the multiple layers and oh, it's like yeah. So the residents of the area said that the car had been parked in the alley since june um 9 ju- yeah june 9th so i mean not very it's, it's like almost the same day and now the pair has four states police officers looking for them great they're assuming that donna williams has been murdered even though her body has never been found like it's not been found um after she- Williams has been reported missing. It's two days later a Detroit woman was kidnapped by a man and woman who she later identifies as Coleman and Brown. She escaped uh, while the pair was dri- driving to Toledo by purposely ramming her car into oncoming traffic, which damn girl, that's smart. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> also Toledo, the human trafficking capital of the Midwest. Oh, Things goody. they don't want you to know. It's because it's on the way to D- Detroit and it's there's a lot of major freeways that go through there.
1: <laughs> ah, lovely.
0: Mm-hmm. Fun facts that I don't remember how I know, too.
1: It's all <laughs> good. It's all good. We've all, we've all got those.
0: Yeah. So, Coleman and Brown survive. They befriend good Samaritans and then turn on them. Hello, kitty cat.
1: Yeah, sorry. She's going to walk around.
0: That's fine. Basically, they spend a couple days with the people, get some money from gambling with them, then assault and rob them and steal their car. So they have a system kind of at
1: least. I mean, sorta.
0: They make it to Detroit and they, you know, start their small violent crime wave. They had warrants out for the kidnapping and robbery of a 28-year-old Detroit woman who escaped from them. Um a July uh, June 28th. Remember, this starts June I think it's June 18th. Okay. Cuz they're like it's really starts because he um where was it they were hiding because he raped a girl in chicago in early 1984 so pretty much this is all just in 1984 not the book
1: just the year (laughs) also my birth year
0: yay um so yeah on the 28th Robbery and beating of an elderly Dearborn Heights couple, June thirtieth. The robbery of two Detroit men. So that's in,
1: oh, men's you know, time.
0: Like, mm-hmm. They're they're not. I think really they don't discriminate gender or age. It's really just yeah. sounds uh, like it. race. Yeah. By the time they left Detroit, the police in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan, as well as the feds, are looking for them, and they so, still can't get them. No, because they just kind of like. They blend, they blend themselves in. So
1: mm-hmm. they just...
0: They're like, yeah. So they noticed that the cars were recovered within 12 hours of every like case of them being stolen. Um, they were... Like, when authorities try to locate the 90, 1975 Buick stolen by the pair after they robbed and beat a 55-year-old woman and her friend, they suspected that they left detroit so where did they go you know they're kind of close to canada they could have gone there no they go to back to toledo where <laughs> yeah and so they're they're fleeing to toledo as they do that they discover near wayne state university in detroit the decomposed body of donna williams and she's on july 11th and you know they pretty much determine she made it that far and that was it Hmm. and the family never will get any real closure about it because it was never tried they went for the strongest cases um and they think williams was killed in michigan which didn't have the death penalty so you know with this these kind of cases especially in the 80s they're going for the death penalty
1: yeah and where did they find her they
0: found her at wayne state university outside of detroit
1: oh okay
0: Mm -hmm. so she was in an abandoned building outside a college campus Okay. so on top of it there's three other homicides that uh, they tied to the pair but they won't get tried 77 year old Eugene Scott of Indianapolis Virginia Temple and her 10 year old daughter in Toledo they think uh, Scott was their last murder victim because his car was found in Evanston, Illinois where they were arrested so they keep just zigzagging all around these states no kidding and like Getting cars, murdering people, probably rape and murdering people. And so you're just, but they're only there um, long enough to get what they need. So they went to Toledo. They continue south. They stopped in Cincinnati to murder uh, Marlene Waters. She was found bludgeoned to death in the basement of her home. Great. They stole her car and headed to Lexington, Kentucky, probably on my least favorite road, 71. <laughs> and then they abandoned Then they abandoned the car in a cornfield. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, right? Of course. Uh so in Williamsburg they kidnapped only Carmichael and drove to Dayton, Ohio. So they're going back up and they left Carmichael uh actually locked in the trunk of his car. There from there they found an elderly Dayton couple beaten and gagged in their home after they uh Coleman and Brown stole their car. So and on top of it, another Dayton couple reported to the police that they had been robbed by them the so basically from tamika turk's murders to all the time they got to indianapolis because i mean from dayton you just have to cut across 70 and it's maybe an hour hour and a half okay to get to indianapolis so it's not too far no uh it was less than a month they were averaging a crime every other day
1: dang Mm -hmm. i mean that's something to aspire to
0: just kidding (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> i mean if you're going to do this amount of murdering that's pretty impressive yeah just in total <sighs> uh it was a 55 day rampage and it started with coleman raping and murdering nine-year-old a nine-year-old in uh Tanisha, wisconsin to when they were arrested in illinois uh fell eight homicides seven rapes three kidnappings 14 armed robberies
1: Jeez louise mm-hmm.
0: So how did they get caught? Because, I mean, I keep mentioning that they we know about them, so they obviously they got oh, yeah, caught. Yeah, totally.
1: I would love to hear how they got taken down.
0: So after the murders in Indianapolis of Templeton Scott, they drove back up to Waukegan area. So Chicago from Indianapolis. Because I know Chicago to from Cincy is five hours, so it's probably about three, four, maybe four. I'm going to go with four, depending on traffic and where you're going. Okay. So it's, I mean it could be like it's if you're going it's not a hard trip to do it's really up one road in the middle of indiana and if you want there's lots of (laughs) cornfields and one giant wind farm oh great which is really creepy at night because all you see is blinking lights for miles
1: i wonder if that existed in the 80s i
0: know probably not because there's a modern wind windmills yeah yeah yeah. but the cornfields yes
1: yeah definitely i feel like they've been there a while yes i've been to ohio wait was this ohio at this point no wait where were they this
0: is indiana indiana
1: okay indiana. i've been to indiana and i've been to ohio and um yeah lots of fields <laughs> of
0: course. yeah pretty much if you see like the middle and southern portion of ohio is pretty much just the same as indiana mm-hmm. it looks the same there's like like around like lake erie it's a little different yeah for a while but it's so you get a point it's all just cornfields it's pretty flat yeah, yeah yeah, so they had been named as a special edition to the fbi's 10 most wanted list so i don't know if you get a prize for that but yay
1: i think your prize is prison or death row <laughs> uh,
0: your face is on tv and in post offices
1: yeah that's a prize You're right famous <laughs> good for you
0: so coleman's family um besides them they really had no few uh sorry let me redo that besides coleman's family they really didn't have any friends left after this spree because you know they raped and murdered a lot of people Mm -hmm. and um but one of their acquaintances saw the pair walking in evanston illinois which is north of chicago and turned them in the because coleman had been known to be there authorities had been watching that area thinking they might have gone back Mm -hmm. and the fact that they had rented an apartment there prior to fleeing to gary which sounds like they're fleeing to a person but that's gary indiana yeah
1: yeah yeah it doesn't seem very smart (laughs) to go back to the places where they're gonna expect you to be like
0: like the fact that they
1: didn't go to canada after detroit i'm like literally it's so close and like back then i mean there's still so i'm in canada once in a while we hear stories about people coming into canada like on like the border where there are no uh border guards where there's no like crossing yeah and it happens like once in a blue moon um and we also get refugees that go through the u.s and sometimes Mm. will go across the border that way uh and in the 80s there was even less uh security so like it would have been easy to just like hop over the border not that canada wants them we don't want them (laughs) yeah (laughs) not these guys but um (laughs) not these particular people that we're talking about yeah but yeah no it would have been so easy like what
0: (sighs) i know i was just like wait you went to detroit but it's right there yeah it's right there it's right there you know i mean granted in detroit i think there is a very it's always been a very monitored traffic like crossing yes just because at, it's at a big cities point, for but, sure yeah but still so the police basically pinpoint their location mm-hmm. they have undercover officers i'm assuming they're just trying to act look cool have their coffees you know like you see in all the movies <laughs> and they confirm that it's them and they begin to basically swarm on the couple because why not? So it was shortly before noon on July 20th, 1984. Remember, this started like June, June 1st. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started June. It's yeah. only been a month that, like, it's really been intense. Yeah. And they were watching a pickup basketball game from the Bleachers at Mason Park on the west side of Evanston, as officers begin, like, their approach. I'm trying to think of what I would picture this as. I feel like there's Animal Kingdom kind of things where they all just slowly start circling around and corralling <laughs> you yeah, into a point. Yep. And, you know, they act like they they couldn't care less. They, they're they walking away from the Plain officers. And so Coleman's wearing a torn yellow T-shirt. He's sporting a short haircut. And it was different, like, the jerry curl he was wearing in published photos, which... The most 80s thing I could ever think of is a Jerry Curl. Oh, yeah. And, you know, police officers come up to him and he's like, they basically told him, it's like, oh, you got the wrong guy. I'm not that guy.
1: Uh-huh. Nice He talk.
0: had, yeah, I know. He had two aliases and Brown identified herself as Denise Johnson. However, you know, she's carrying a loaded revolver. He has a long knife hidden in his boot.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. I wouldn't but expect anything surprised- less.
0: I know, right? You're like, yeah, they've been killing a lot of people. Yeah. Not shocked. Yeah. They didn't go for their weapons at all. Like, so it's a peaceful surrender, like, which is crazy to think about.
1: That is so weird. Maybe they had gotten so, to this point of like, we're done. I know that that sometimes happens, but...
0: They're like in a cooling off period. Like, they came back because they're kind of like, okay, we satisfied this urge. We're kind of done for a bit.
1: Yeah. I just know that I've heard of people like going on crime sprees like that and sometimes even really bad ones. and Then they get to a point where they're like, I just can't do this anymore. And sometimes they'll mm-hmm. turn themselves in or when they're found, they're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And they just don't fight. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So they, it, it, they kind of expected the crime wave to return to Evanston. Like neighbors had heard for about three weeks that they would eventually turn up there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, when the news comes to the area, like everyone who saw him like, yeah, he looked tired and really like emaciated. <laughs> so like really skinny, like sickly.
1: I'm sure he wasn't really and- taking care of himself.
0: No, when you're murdering and like <laughs> yeah, robbing no. people and like harming people every other day, yeah. Uh, they, like you said, they just kind of ran out of steam. Like yeah. they just really couldn't do it, keep it up. I mean, <laughs> even Bundy didn't do that at the end. Like he just had one last blitz mm-hmm. and he was like, they arrested him and he's like, okay, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So, you know, law enforcement is like, did they worry about like, like, getting caught? Did they care about it? Because, you know, did they just want to come back and get caught at home? Because <laughs> yeah. Coleman left his fingerprints everywhere. And the FBI was like, yeah, these crime scenes are, quote, so <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm like, that's a great use of the word lax- lackadaisical. That's very good. It's not used enough. No, that it seemed like um, a calling card. So because he left, like basically, so much evidence on crime scenes that would do him in. You know, they were positively able to identify him mm-hmm. at crime scenes in Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, and Kentucky. Oh wow!
1: Eh. I didn't yeah. realize Kentucky yeah, was part of that.
0: Yeah, because they crossed the, um, six states. They cr- in Cincinnati. It's so easy to cross the border. Like, I'm 20 minutes from the Kentucky border, if that. Oh wow! And maybe like 40 half an hour to 45 minutes from Indiana. Wow, okay. it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. I can like cross state lines very easily. Mm-hmm. So they were able to confirm that yes, these are Coleman and Brown, but don't worry, we still have to deal with all the court issues cuz you know, he's a charmer. I was going to say this is going to come full circle. <laughs> so, again, cuz there's six states involved plus federal stuff, who's going to deal with all the crimes? Who's going to prosecute? Cuz you know, this is going to make someone's career yeah. And they're going to go, oh, they're like, okay, who has the harshest laws? Because they're like, we don't want them getting out. So you get first shot. So because Michigan and Wisconsin have no death penalty, uh, they're out. They'll be tried last, if at all. So Lake County DA said that they wanted him first. So that's Illinois. So as Brown and Coleman are separated by police, they're both advised of their rights. Deborah immediately invokes her right to remain silent. And ask to speak to an attorney, which is, I mean, fair.
1: Yeah. Fair. It's That's what it's you a should smart do. option. That's what you should do. Kids, if you ever get arrested... <laughs> yeah. Get your one phone call like... and talk to a lawyer before you talk to the police. Yeah. I've watched enough crime shows.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it looks suspicious, but you're like, if you're like, I would like to use my right to remain silent and get a lawyer, I just want to make sure everything is clear. Oh, no,
1: totally. I think that... Like, if I were ever to be arrested, I would definitely do that right away. Like, I don't think that necessarily makes you look guilty. It's just, like, that's your right, you know? I don't know. And it
0: makes you look smart.
1: Yes. Yes. how many
0: people get in trouble because they want to help, and then they're talking, and then they end up in court. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, they she's an FBI agent. It's, like, giving the Miranda rights, asking her questions about her identity, Talking about, uh, talking to Brown also about like, like, what, why is he doing this? Like, trying, they're trying to figure out basically the motive behind this attack, these attacks, and you know, no one really could get it out of it. Um, more than fifty law enforcement officials from all the states met to strategize. Which wow. I just, I'm trying to pick. I'm assuming you know the big circle table from Clockwork Orange. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing that, Uh like, so that way everyone's equal. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually Ohio is given the first shot at the spree killers because, you know, we're quick and we have the death
1: penalty. Awesome. (laughs) Sounds so so bad. Canada doesn't have the death penalty at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think currently we just don't have the drugs. So if you're on death row...
1: Oh, I actually heard about that. Like, I heard that there were some states that were low on their like supply, and then I also heard that some states they had a um, uh, formulation that actually was doing harm to the people as they died, and they could like feel the pain. And I was like, "Yeah, it's
0: uh, one of the drugs." Ev- a bunch of countries have refused to sell it to the U.S. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, so like, if they still do it. Like th- they're gonna feel pain, yeah. And you can't get a doctor to do it because it's a- against the a Hippocratic code. Totally. So, um, this was determined by the U.S. Attorney Dan K. Webb. So Ohio gets um the pair on a- aggravated murder charges uh, from May in May nineteen eighty five for the murder of Tani Story, and in June nineteen eighty five for the murder of Marlene Walters. On top of you know the other violent, cr- like the handful of violent crimes they committed. You know, like robbery, assault, sexual assault, so many. So they're both sentenced to be executed. And then that appeals process kicks in. Of course. Uh, You know, I'm fine with it. If you're going to try to kill someone, they should have a right to their appeal. Well, yeah, everybody, no
1: matter what, should have a right to appeal, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Coleman's case actually goes all the way up to the Supreme Court several times between 85 and 2002. Oh, Wow. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really work he like he was basically like this is unconstitutional they're like nah by april 2002 coleman's chances ran out and on april 25th 2002 the ohio supreme court rejected his claim by his attorneys that the state's uh plan uh to basically have a bunch of the victims and survivors who wanted to view the execution would turn it into a quote spectator sport i'm sorry i feel like you're a victim or a survivor and you want to watch that person die? <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying you have that right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's hard for me to talk about because I'm not actually really a proponent of the death penalty, but I also kind of feel like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like if it's something that you're that you want to watch and you can, why not let them?
0: Yeah, I I'm not saying the death penalty is right, what i'm saying you know he's the one who created all these survivors and victims oh yeah and like so yeah
1: you would it could bring you a good sense of closure too
0: mm-hmm. yeah so they had to set up a closed circuit viewing outside the death house oh there were so many people that showed up oh my god and i believe ohio's might be south of columbus where they do it there's a bit we have a big prison okay um, I, th- I i'm pretty sure it's in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere <laughs> which is between cincinnati and like ohio university okay so i just everyone was talking about his final meal and i was like i'm gonna include it then mm-hmm. so <laughs> these a are is
1: well interesting
0: i know a well done flamingon. which how dare you how dare you get that good of a well
1: done. done but yeah no kidding
0: smothered in onions which i was just like okay why are you eating steak then yeah granted onions are delicious but
1: i do love onions um,
0: some fried chicken breasts okay a salad with french dressing which Uh, is just sadder ranch dressing okay yeah (laughs) a sweet potato pie topped with whipped cream
1: i do like sweet potato pie
0: french fries i do like those too and those (laughs) yeah onion rings and those cornbread (laughs) and that (laughs) broccoli with melted cheese Eh. biscuit and gravy i'm thinking i'm Mm. talking about american like southern biscuits and
1: gravy oh yeah i am part texan and i can tell you Uh that you cannot get good biscuits and gravy unless you go to the south i mean i guess maybe there are some places but like in canada Mm. no you got to go down to the south
0: you need someone who grew up in the south and learned the right way yes on top of it the most (laughs) american thing on, after having all this food, that's so much food. I don't he washes it down with a cherry
1: Coke. Oh my God. I actually heard that, um, in a lot of states, they made the states that have the death penalty, they actually started to make restrictions on last meals because people were ordering inordinate amounts of food. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can't budget this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think now they give you like so much money and they're like, whatever like, and then they have a standard one if you don't want it. Okay. So on April 26, 2002, while reciting The Lord is My Shepherd, Alton Coleman died by lethal injection it, in Lucasville, Ohio. So that's the big prison. Okay. It is just north of Portsmouth, Ohio, right on the border. And then south of Chillicothe, which is true crime people will know Chillicothe because there were, there's like... A question whether or not there was a serial killer there there's a, like i believe five or six women that had died mysteriously in a period of time in case people are wondering from cincinnati it is two hours and two minutes great lucasville great so it's pretty close uh i mean in ohio two hours gets you a lot of places
1: <laughs> in the midwest it's can... not very big <laughs> no no it's not yeah so so that was we still half have... that was him that was
0: coleman yeah and then we also have Reginald Wilkinson, who is the director of the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Corrections, who pretty much was like, yeah, Coleman never showed any remorse for the spree and killings and the rapes. Cool. However, um, Brown's death sentence gets commuted to life in prison in 91 because hmm. they, the go- then governor, Richard Solis, said that she was mentally disabled. Okay. So, she's currently at the Dayton Correctional Institution and she technically is one of the dozen people on Indiana's death row until like pretty recently. Huh. (laughs) But there is no option for parole. So, that's good. Yeah, that is good. And that is uh, Elton Coleman and Deborah Brown.
1: Awesome. Sound like tip-top people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That was that yeah, was dark that's pretty dark i love how you're like i have the darkest topic ever and i have like <laughs> the lightest topic ever
0: <laughs> I don't to <laughs> so do you want to tell
1: everyone where they can find you yeah um so basically not another xf pod on all the things is where my podcast my x files podcast is with my ho- lovely co-host carolyn uh yeah not another xf pod just google it you'll find us <laughs>
0: So next week, you'll be back with a cheerful historical topic. Yes,
1: I will. (laughs) A little more cheerful than this.
0: (laughs) What are you talking about this? Yeah, no, this is I can't even fake that that's cheerful.
1: (laughs) I like, you know, I don't do a lot of true crime podcast listening, um, mostly because I had a pretty bad experience listening to a true crime podcast that kind of like sent me on Mm -hmm. a not so good thing for a while. Like it kind of scarred me, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, And so I don't listen to it a lot. But um, I am still, like, super fascinated by, like, why people do these kinds of things. And it kind of sounds like these people were probably had just had mental health issues that were not resolved. Yeah.
0: I mean... And they fed on each other. It seems like they fed on each other. Yeah. Like, it's a cycle. Because they didn't really go on the murder spree until they were together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm that's sure what I'm there was something
1: between them that was um, that was exacerbating that somehow. Uh, like, what is it? A folia do? Oh yeah. It- There's an Could be, like, this episode called that actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so exactly. Limited. It's like um it's like that idea that's that somebody can kinda like mentally uh influence you when you're with them, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty tragic.
0: Okay, so listeners, we'll be back next week with something a little more cheerful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little bit. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, it's Carolyn and Vanessa from from Not Another X-Files Podcast Podcast. Podcast. We're the female-led X-Files Podcast you didn't even know you were looking for.
0: We've got plenty of opportunities
1: for nostalgia, conspiracies, forbidden romance, and plenty of laughs. It's true. Come on over to our place in Vancouver, Canada, and revisit your favorite 90s sci-fi TV show. You'll be glad you stopped by. You can find us on all your favorite podcast spots. And on the web at notanotherxfpod.libsyn.com. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Music for this promo by Purple Planet.
0: Hello friends, we are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd,
1: and eerie new episodes are released every thursday you can find us on apple podcasts stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts more information about the show including show notes and links to our social media can be found on our website theladiesestrange.com
0: keep it strange lovelies domesticity we're available on all podcatchers remember to rate review subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it our facebook and twitter are at domestic Podcasts, and our instagram is at the cult of domesticity we also have podcast merch at threadless uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcastgmail.com. At Remember to stay domestic and cult free. <laughs>